and so many strange happenings, especially hauntings. You know, I don't know if you guys need a Bigfoot. I really don't. You got enough of the good stuff going on over there. I presume you've got ley lines or something similar in Canada. Yeah, actually, it's funny you mention that because when I moved up north into British Columbia from, I used to live out down by Vancouver, and I moved about a five and a half hour drive north, which is almost at the center of the province. The one thing that a couple people actually told me was the little town that I moved into was great with the ley lights. I don't know if I really buy that. But if you look at all the activity that we have around here, there's a lot of gold in the hills. There's a lot of really rich minerals. There's a lot of cryptids. There's a lot of fresh water running. There's a lot of um, UFO sightings, alien abductions, paranormal activity around here. That it all just seems to transcend into the ley lines. I was never really a big believer in it, but I'm really starting to wonder if there is something true to them. Well, the same over here, because I, 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 I mean, I can't say it's a scientific study, but um, I've noticed that many, quite a few stories, if you look at it, when you look at them, the late nights, there's a lot of stories of, like cryptoids, UFOs and ghosts, all on the same yes. kind of thing. And I'm thinking, there must be a connection out there. I can't be the only one that thinks this. Oh, no, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I really do believe you're onto something with that because, you know, for a lot of people over here, they look at what the ley lines are when they look into how much activity is going on in certain places, where are these strange creatures being seen, are these ley lines opening up portals, are they opening up dimensions, you know, I mean, there's just so much going on that we just have the unknown that we have to keep all the possibilities open, don't you think? Which time? Which time? 
never heard of before since. They told me to wake up. And I had the overwhelming feeling to wake up. I said it could have been my brain playing tricks on me. But I do honestly believe it was either like, what, what people take me call a spirit guide or calling a guardian angel looking over me, making sure I know it wasn't your time on yet. It's amazing when you have that type of experience because it opens your eyes. And it was weird because after that experience happened to me, everything just started to fast track. I, I started noticing that I was getting a little bit more intuitive out of the all of a sudden and things that I was starting to see, almost like premonitions started coming true. My house seemed to become instantaneously haunted. And then the UFOs started, and then I saw Bigfoot, and then more UFOs, black triangles over my house. That scared me, you know, and um, there was also some, you know, introduction to extraterrestrials. That was a reality check, and it was, it was like a fast track that I don't know why I needed to go through this and that's what ended up uh, me bringing my journalism degree out of mothballs and start the radio program because when I was researching everything I couldn't find the answers or anything very similar nothing really similar at all to what I was experiencing so I just really needed to do something in order to get the answers that I was looking for. And a buddy of mine mentioned, you know, maybe you should start up a radio program, get back into radio, because I had been out of radio at that time a number of years, and believe it or not, I knew nothing of internet radio. I knew nothing. Didn't even know it existed. I was a terrestrial radio reporter. And when I left radio in 2007, it was... It was like, that's it, I'm done, not going back, don't want anything to do with it. Well, look at, look at me now. You know, seven years later, or ten years later, whatever it is since I left terrestrial radio, I'm back in it. So, you know, you, you have to follow the signs, you have to follow everything, you need to be able to, to, uh, I, I don't even know how to put it. Because when I look at it, I, I, I sure much more enjoyed my happily boring life before all of this happened, comparatively to now. Do you think that the psychic abilities we developed were from the Stone Age age, when we, we were probably more um, acceptable to things? Like, like when you look into past histories, people accepted uh, psychic abilities
society is run, whether it's peers, teachers, education, religious leaders, people who don't believe, parents, grandparents. I think there's a lot of influence that just shuts that down. You know, I'll give you an example with my four-year-old son. I run a museum tour here for our ghost tours. And we went into a building that I had never been into before. And and I took him in there. And I'm like, do you see anybody in here? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, who do you, what do you see? I said, do you see a man? He goes, no. I said, do you see a woman? He goes, no. I said, do you see a boy or a girl? He goes, I see a boy. And I said, oh, okay. I said, where is he? He goes, he, he points, he goes, he's over there. He's underneath the kitchen table. Our further investigation into that building showed that we actually have a father and a son. The son, we believe, is about six years old. So that would make sense, the child hiding under the table. Now, if I was a parent, I could say, you know, or I am a parent, but if I was a skeptical parent, I could say, oh, that's just your imagination, boy. But because I try to remain open-minded with my child and my children in general, I can say to them point blank, I believe you. And now we have, you know, some very preliminary evidence that shows that there is something to that. And now we have to investigate that a little bit more. Yes, as you say, it's very, and I also think that um, animals are very susceptible to uh, picking up vibrations because if you notice animals are very sensitive to oh well my dog is very sensitive to if we if somebody's ill or they we, they're upset or they're angry she picks up on it very quickly mm-hmm. our dog uh, we have three dogs and our dogs they uh, we know they've seen things my wife has seen images of, of beings in our house and she'll look over at the dog and the dog is looking right at it so yeah i fully believe that is true as well i mean animals are just so innocent and sensitive to absolutely everything you know and i think we don't give enough credit to animals for what they are actually seeing or picking up. I mean, you look at any type of disaster out there, animals are the first ones saying, I'm getting the hell out of here. And we're like, well, where's all the animals? And next thing you know, there's tidal waves or fires or volcanoes erupting or earthquakes, <laughs> you know? So I think we don't pay enough attention to the animals to what they are trying to tell us, but I would say they are highly intuitive. Why you said parrots? And, um... The only time there was an electrical storm coming, they would squall their heads off, and you knew there was a storm coming. Even if it was like really? a couple of hours before the storm was coming, you knew it was coming, because they could pick up on the vibrations. I suppose it's from the, the memory from the jungles, I suppose. Inherent memory. Could very, could very well be. I mean, we always treat our pets like we are so superior brain-wise and everything like that, but I mean, intuitively speaking, I think the pets have us. Well, it's known that dogs, when we first um, tamed them, they've learned
with that. I would agree with that. You know, but I, I still think, you know, we always we always hear that, you know, any animal can go back to its wild roots at any time, so I don't think they really ever forget that. Well, no, I think it's... When you look at the case of those magicians that were the white tigers, they had them for years, yes. didn't they? I can't remember the magician's name, so... I think Regan Roy. Yeah, thank you. Um, they had them for years and years and years and years. They played with them, they did everything with them. Then one day, one decided to say, I've had enough of this. And that was that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it really makes you wonder how they can just flip like that, you know? It really does make you wonder about that. I don't think they was ever fully in control. I think they thought that they had, they were still, they were friendly, but they forgot about the animal's potential to still be wild. Well, I mean, when you're dealing with big cats like that, that doesn't surprise me. Eventually, something's going to happen. You've got to respect them, haven't you? You've got to respect what they're capable of. I, I know I wouldn't. I mean, it's like, I mean, you could say the same thing to, to bring this back into the cryptid zone. You could say the same thing about Bigfoot, too. I mean, people have been seeing this creature for years. How does it stay elusive from so many and from the public? What are their senses like? Are they able to sense us? Are they able to smell gunpowder from a mile away? What is their, you know, I mean... There's a lot of people, myself included, who believe this creature is out there. Yet, where's the bodies? Where is the true evidence? Besides yeah, the odd blurry picture or very poorly taken video, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they must, obviously, if they're out there, they must be breeding. And they must be, like, cycle of life. You know, born. For sure. And they die, obviously. So... Where would they be buried? That's a good question. Well, I mean, it, uh, and that's a big argument. Where are they buried? I mean, you know, look how long it took for mankind to actually find the first elephant graveyard in Africa. Yes, it took years and years, didn't it? Do they do something like that? Or do you believe a lot of the First Nations and Native American uh, legends where this creature is a shapeshifter or interdimensional? We just don't know. Logic would say, well, there's nothing like that. But our job with these types of programs is we deal with the illogical. What happens if the legends are true? Well, They're unproven. I'm a great believer that all myths have an element of truth in them. Because you look at the werewolf legend, and the pe people, there are people that have a skin condition that they grow lots of hair. I can't think of his name. And if you saw these people, you'd think, oh, hairy men. And exactly. All, you know, I'm not, you know, that's what I think. I mean, I think this is how legends start. And it gets, like all good stories, it gets exaggerated. Like, I'm a great, oh, I'm sorry if I go religious here. I, I'm sorry if I might offend people. But I think along the way the Bible's been slightly exaggerated. Because one story gets told, 
and then someone goes, say like, oh, Jesus walked up the road. And it says, Jesus walked up the road and met a met. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not true, by the way. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 yeah, and I think, I think there is possibilities to that, but I mean, there are so many mysteries, even human-type mysteries, that we can't solve. Okay, I mean, you look, we're coming up on 150 years of uh, why we haven't we been able to ever solve the uh, Jack the Ripper case. Oh, yes, very, very famous case. We st it's still believed that it was a royal. Remember the royal family? It was a suspect as well. Yeah. Have you ever had, have you ever interviewed Simon Entwistle, who does the Jack the Ripper tours? No, I'll try to get hold of him. Oh, you need to. He he is the most amazing storyteller that I have ever had on my show regarding Jack the Ripper. His his stories and his knowledge of the entire events are, are phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's a beautiful historian in regards to that case. Yeah, obviously he's made his life work, so he would know a lot more in-depth information than people like me who only know the basics. <laughs> yeah, and me too. But if you ever get the chance to have Simon and Whistle, he does a lot of work with the BBC as well. And I would highly recommend that you get a hold of him and, and ask him to come on your show because... You and your listeners will be absolutely blown away. He is the only guest I have ever had on my show that actually shut down my chat rooms because all of my listeners were refusing to chat. They were listening so intently. That is cool. That, that is your side of a good storyteller. Oh, magnificent. I cannot speak highly enough of Simon. It's always nice when you get a very good guest that um, incorporates what you're doing, because I keep my style a bit laid back. I don't have set questions, because I don't like set questions. I think it restricts you. What is your kind of style? I, I am the exact same way. I have an interview planned tonight with a gentleman named MJ Benias. And we are literally talking Canadian UFOs and Canada's role in disclosure. And I have zero questions prepared for them. I like having a conversation, much like we're sitting in the pub having a having a pint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. And I think you'll find out more information. You'll find more information doing it that way than probably why he's heard the same set of questions. I don't know, thousands of times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's more natural, it's more flowing, it's more conversational, and, and I find that the audience gets more into it as well. Yes, I've looked into, uh, I mean, I'm a great believer in UFOs. We've had UFO in Neil House in, in Holsby, I think it was 1967. On the roads from Holsley to Haverley, two policemen uh, saw a unidentified flying object, and they reported it. And it had been in the paper, but I've tried to find out more information about it, but no one's forthcoming. 
I know a guy. I know a guy over there who can help you out with that. Have you ever Have you ever interviewed Gary Heselton? No. Gary Heselton has a website over in England about police officers, both retired and current, who have had UFO and alien experiences while on duty. Yeah, I think a lot of cases are reported, like the Blue Book, the famous Blue Book in America. Now, I know, I know, like they say, oh, most of them were uh, weather balloons or whatever, but there were quite a few. They just could not explain in any shape or form. Yeah, Project Blue Book is, is so interesting because, I mean, it ties in so beautifully with what is happening today with the disclosure movement and the new wave of it just under a different name. I mean, you go back to when we heard the New York Times article back on December 16th of last year where they reported that the United States had been investigating UFOs in a program between 2007 and 2012. Well, that's exactly what Project Blue Book was doing. And there was a project previous to that as well. So, I mean, just because it's come out in public, much like Project Blue Book, Project Blue Book, they were saying, well, you know, we didn't really find anything, so we shut it down. But really, did they shut it down or did they just change the name? I am more or less leaning towards they just changed the name because... When you're dealing with black book subjects such as UFOs and the technology that goes along with them, I really do believe that there is a ton of secrecy that happens around them. And you have to wonder, you literally have to wonder how much money governments around the world, whether it's the United States, whether it's Canada where I am, or whether it's the UK where you are, Russia, China, wherever it may be, how much money are these governments actually putting into this field of research? Probably more than we think. I agree. And I also believe that, can I prove it? No, it's just a gut feeling, but I also strongly believe that there is a lot of information out there in regards to contact as well. Yeah, I, I know someone, um, I interviewed a person called Ross Kellett, and he was uh, a bit, um, telling me about being abducted. And there's quite a few people out there who um, say they've got like a, a small metal-like object in them. And nobody yes. can explain what it is. It's very small, hardly noticeable, the body doesn't reject it. I think there's a Netflix thing called Patience. 17, Patient 17, which was very yeah. interesting. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, Jeremy Corbell, who uh, did that that movie, Patient 17, he has been on my show as well, and he is a phenomenal researcher when it comes to the unknown. And we, you know, I strongly believe there's people out there who have been contacted. I've had strange experiences with aliens myself. I consider myself a, a contactee as well. And, you know, when you have that experience, I can tell you this. I don't believe that there's a lot of negativity that goes along with that, okay? 
happens in the media, we only hear about all the negative stuff that happens. We don't hear a lot about the positive because positive doesn't sell. Negative news sells. And creates ratings. And so I'm a firm believer that there is a lot more people out there that are that are taken and having positive experiences that there are than there are on negative accounts, that's for sure. But I mean, when it comes to ET contactees, I mean, it's their stories are, are quite familiar where, you know, they get talked to, they get told what's happening, they get told, uh, you know, some of them will, will be breathing in pain and then they hear this voice of someone familiar in their ears saying, it doesn't hurt, we're going to be done soon, we'll get you back home, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, there is a lot of, of things that go on during these abduction experiences and, you know, fear tells us, because it's of the unknown, that it's something that we should be scared of, that it is something that we should be, you know, protecting ourselves against, even though we don't know how to protect ourselves against it. Why and, do you, you know, go ahead. Why do you think, now, I always thought this question is worth answering, why do you think aliens would want to come and visit us? What do you think they would like to learn from us? That's a deep question, my friend. A deep question. Probably because we are so new. I think we are, a, uh, you know, without sounding like I, I'm against mankind, because I love living, I love everything about this planet. You know, I think that they are, um, they're curious about us. I think extraterrestrials have been coming here for millennia. I believe that they have maybe studied different lineages that they have dealt with, or people whom they deemed as special, or maybe we cast off some sort of signal, whatever it may be, and they want to research us. I don't believe for a second, even though you know, the majority will tell you this, I don't believe that all extraterrestrials are bad. That's like saying that every person on this planet is good or every person on this planet is bad. We know as well as anybody that there are good people on this planet and way more good people than there are bad people. We know that. That's a, that's, that's a proven. And I think extraterrestrials are the same way. You know, if you had the technology... Or let, let's say, for instance, my friend, let's, let's keep it earthly for a second so people can understand more. If you had an unlimited budget, would you quit work and just travel? Exactly. There are places on this planet I would love to go. I would love to see the pyramids of Egypt. I'd love to see the great white sharks of Australia and South Africa. I would love to, you know, go to Thailand and go into the jungles and, and see some of the amazing wildlife and birds there. I would love to go to where my, my great-grandfather left home at 15 years old from Ukraine right before the Bolshevik Revolution. I'd like to see where my grandparents came up. Hell, I would love to go to Ecuador and balance an egg on the equator just to see if it does stand. You know, we would all love to do those kinds of things. And if we had the technology where we could travel to far-off distances,
businesses. Wouldn't you love to go to check out Venus or check out Mars to see if there's actual life there or go way further out the solar system? You know, we give off, as a planet, we give off a lot of signal. Radio waves, satellite waves, whatever it may be, we give off a giant, giant signal. So anybody passing by, why not stop by Earth and check it on out? Yeah, they may like it. They may like the trees. They may like the mountains, the volcanoes, the ocean. We don't know. Then they see all these weird people running around. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, say I'll be 45 this month. 
I never thought I would say 45. I thought, you know, 25 years ago, 45 was so far away. It was old people. I'm the old people now. And you know, yet I still love partying in Vegas. You know, and, and you know, doing all the young guy stuff.